Welcome back to episode seven of Spellstorm Miniatures. Uh, my name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And with us today, we have Chad. Chad, say hello to our listeners. Hello, everybody. And uh, welcome back. We're excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. So today, we're going to be talking about what it takes to run a War Machine event. And so uh, we think that Chad is going to be very helpful in that conversation for us. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so subject I am, I am very familiar with. There we go. Just a and few. So, uh, so, so that's the, our main topic today. But before we kind of dive into it, uh, we just had Christmas and wanted to know how was your guys' Christmas? It was good. It was yeah. a nice, nice relaxing day for me. Nice. That's it. Yeah. Um, got a few presents. Uh, nothing really gaming related, unfortunately. Oh, nothing. Okay. And I did begin a switch, I guess, was the family gift. Well, that's cool. But you know. Yeah, that counts, I think. That's a, right. That's, <laughs> I never I never got a game system for Christmas. <laughs> I had to buy all mine <laughs> through the years growing up. It was yeah. a very deprived nerdy child. I had oh. to get all my own stuff myself. Oh sadness. <laughs> I got I got some games occasionally, but like the vast majority of like game systems that I ever owned, I always saved like Christmas money and yeah. and uh and everything like that. Yeah. Um, I just got it all myself. Nice. It wasn't like, hey, here's a football. Go play some. Yeah. Go play outside. <laughs> hey, uh, um, I resent that. I, I actually got that. <laughs> actually, I got the same football from the same person two years in a row for Christmas. So there's there's that. Maybe they thought you lost one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, we uh, we got the Armada expansion for for Bryce, and uh, we actually uh, talked a little bit about that in our first episode of Open the Box. And okay. so, if anybody wanted to listen to that, but. We so we on Christmas Day we, we busted it all out. We played a full game of Seven Wonders, and it was it was pretty Ooh, glorious. Nice. So yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten the chance to play with Armada, but my roommate did pick it up. Uh, we played with some of the other ones. Nice, a lot of fun. Uh, big fan. Definitely recommend it. Okay, so cool. Hey, yeah. how about any War Machine games? You guys play any War Machine games lately? Yeah, um, actually, Chad and I uh, squared off. Tried it a couple weeks ago, and yep. um, I say try because <sighs> I. Yeah. I mean, we were both making a lot of mistakes because <laughs> that was a Grail list that I I theory crafted. And so you're running Grail. Never played, yep. never played the list before. So Dan, was, what were you running? Um, I was running Siege Two and uh, Grave Diggers. Siege Two Grave Diggers oh against the Grail. In, I'm shocked. Was Devourers the host? <laughs> it was Devourers host. Yeah, Devourers yeah. host. Shock, yeah. Shocking, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well tell, playing, tell us how did it go? Circle playing Dev host is real surprise, right? <laughs> Especially right now. Um, it went all right on my side. I hadn't played Signar. I've been on the minions kick forever. So I was like, oh, I'll bust out some Signar and see how it goes. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that's how these guys work. Oh, yeah, powering up rather than uh, and Fury system. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, where do I want to position all these dudes again? You know, so. Yeah. It was kind of uh it's kind of a rough one, especially when I threw my dog out there way too soon and early, and he yeah. got <laughs> got shot by a blood tracker. Yeah, you know, like a <laughs> spear right there. He right. toughed the first time, yeah. I think. So he's a tough <laughs> yeah, he he made the tough check, but he he ended up getting a, a spear. Right. Uh, you're you're running hot with that grail list right now, aren't you? I am. Yeah. So so far, uh, and and very diverse matchups too. So my first game was against you, and that was a long grindy game that I ended up winning on scenario, just kind yeah. of through attrition. Uh, the second game I played against Scar One. It was Scar One Dark Host with double Bane Cav, and I ended up winning that on scenario as well. Who was running that? Harry. Oh, very good. Yeah, okay. Harry was trying. Hi, Harry. Um, and then my most recent game was against Harry's son Arthur, actually playing Gearheart Double Railless, hmm. and that was oh my god! I was I was very concerned moving into that matchup because the list is. Not necessarily designed to deal with that 
to deal with effectively three heavies. It's mostly supposed to be an infantry list, but uh, and he u- he used Gearheart's feet and both rail lists to actually kill all of my ravagers, the Tharn ravagers plus the shaman in a single turn, and so wow. I I ended up managing to kill both of the rail lists on the next turn between um, ambushing Bloodweavers, a white main. Um, my beasts, which is uh, Loki. No, I didn't use the I didn't use the wild Argus, but between Loki, Scarsville Griffin, and Grail, I managed to, and I think maybe one of the Death Wolves, hmm. I managed to finish them both off, and I ended up winning that on um, scenario attrition as well. Okay, so that's three and zero. Oh, yep, three scenario victories. Yeah, and I haven't played Grail wow. since Mark Two. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, he was pretty proud. Of you. He caught me yeah. off guard when all of a sudden you were like, I don't know, you were way far across the board, and I was like, okay. Yeah comes charging in i'm like oh sweet you're gonna charge in and i still have some stuff i'll get you and then all of a sudden yeah. you're like i step away i step over here yeah. i you know dash kill over this here. guy i sidestep and then i yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i sprint seven inches and i yeah. pop my feet and this thing over here kills something and the grail walks three more inches and right. you're like oh you're actually like 12 inches away from me now like, <laughs> whoops Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just kill three guys and run yeah, yeah exactly oh, nice. <laughs> and that's really the way that i designed the list to be is like um, it's a weird list because it's not as uh, it's not as spammy. I I personally don't like spam lists. I don't like playing them, and so um, from one of our other locals uh, who used to play Circle a long long time ago, uh, Jason Walker was kind of my mentor for Circle for a long time. As I was newer to the game, he had been playing them for a little while, and he moved into the area and he kind of beat into my skull like balanced lists being able to do some ranged and some uh some melee and having flexibility in the game so the list actually has max blood trackers max ravager loadout and then i've got uh death wolves to basically kind of be the bodyguard for grail because they're difficult to remove starting with corpse tokens and um because they're wolf sworn technically Mm. he has tactics for them so he and they can move through each other as long as they're in his command and they pretty much always are and they start with the with the tokens due to the they start with yeah Yeah. they start with the corpse token and then of course there's uh lord of the feast which is just a monster now and everyone's favorite model yeah (laughs) and uh if you play her if you play lord with grail you get access to storm ranger which gives you plus two mat plus two strength and plus two armor and then you can't be cm8 or cr8 so it just makes lord of the feast even more resilient once it gets stuck in there like you basically right. have to devote a heavy to it or some really elite infantry so. really tough. and then yeah. grievous wounds just totally rip through exactly know? yeah pow 15 or pow starting at pow 16 mat 10 is real good yeah <laughs> yeah it'll take care of a lot of things yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I had a chance to play at uh, Next Level Gaming in Salem. It's a brand new store, and it just opened up on on Lancaster Drive, I think. Ozzy and I went down on Saturday, and we stuck around for three rounds. After three rounds, both of us were zero and three, and Oof. we were basically gonna drive home. And so yeah. I decided just to head out, but I dropped uh, Siphon all three rounds. And okay. I did it intentionally because I revised my siphon list from the three-man tournament that was on uh, the, the three-commander tournament that was on December eighth, uh, and yeah. so so I revised the list and 
and my goal was to try to uh, just play through it and uh, see him in different kind of scenarios. So I played Sean in round one. He was running Man of Wars, and uh, it was uh, I think it was a Koba one with a with a Victor, mm. and and uh, I forgot about the uh, immunity. If you don't have immunity, cold standing in the clouds, oh, yeah. kind of thing, and yeah. and so and not having a, a decent mat fixer and stuff like that. So um, I ended up actually clocking against Sean, um, and just. There was just a lot of stuff to chew through and just took time yeah. to do it. And then round two, I played Alex again from, from Eugene. And so he faced the, I think he faced the same list <laughs> in December <laughs> or the first version of it. And so, and so we played each other again and uh, he was running Scorn and, and, uh, and he had two uh, Supreme Guardians in the list and I was able to take out one of them where, okay. which was which was really helpful and and I was up on scenario for against him too um, but ultimately I, I again clocked out it just it just takes a lot of uh, a lot of roles against myself to build up the, f the focus on my monstrosities and things like that and then and then round three I played a played a guy named Joshua and he was running the uh, uh, cricks um, the Statistics, I think they're the ones that have the horn. Yeah, I said yeah. it wrong, right? Ladies so with the whips. Everyone does. Yeah, You're not the yeah. only one. <laughs> the horns and the whips, right? The two-inch yeah, whips yeah. and the one-inch horns. Yeah, super fast and just kind mm -hmm. of ran circles around me and and um, and it was a hard game for me because I didn't I didn't expect to get what I received. I guess you know I, I knew from from the after I knew after deployment that this game was just bad for me and um, and so. Uh, he ended up, um, he ended up getting the assassination, though. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I question placement on one model, but um, but it's not. You know, we we were in the fun bracket. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, eh, okay. So do you have Kazi eliminators in your siphon list? I did. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I had. They were great. They were awesome. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a great way to get. Yeah, uh, except when you forget their amp his ambushing unit and they're too oh. far to the edge. Whoops. <laughs> so otherwise they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, Strike through. So yeah. yeah. So that was my that was one of the revisions that I made was was putting in the chaosies into into I mean, the siphon list. You, so. you know you can use their anatomical precision to power up your monstrosities, right? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of anatomical precision with okay. the overlords and all that stuff. So. Yeah. 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 So it's not just them, but. Yeah. yeah, and then that was uh, Aaron running his first event down there, right? Yeah, that was Aaron's first event, and actually, it was it was the first War Machine event at Next Level Gaming, and yeah. it was day two of them being a store. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go cool. down was yeah. to support them. Right. So they had Friday Night Magic, you know, which was day one of their opening. Oh, and then like everyone has right <laughs> Chad loves then, magic yeah. and then uh, and no then, it's just that's a that's a very uh, ambitious day one <laughs> right yeah. unless you I mean unless you do a lot of um, a lot of publicity about opening sure. the store and you really know the magic community like trying to draw yeah trying to be successful on opening day and draw an F&M crowd seems very yeah. ambitious but yeah. yeah, I think, and I think I, I don't know a, anything about the owner or the right. history of, and, and I don't either. So. I don't either. I just know that they, you know, they have wild games, wild things games, which I think gets a lot of, gets a lot of foot traffic. Yeah, and yeah, they're um, they're definitely a big store. Yeah, and so it's so I think it'll be hard to run 
uh, a game store in a smaller community like Salem. But, yeah. but it's always nice to have an alternative place to go. So it sounds like he's going to be interested yeah. in running some of the games that Wild Things may not be interested in running, running for. Yeah. Like, yeah. he had a, a low inventory, um, you know, for, you know, in his store, which is what I'm, I'm used to having a higher inventory in some of the stores yeah. up here, you know. Yeah. Um, but he had, like, everything for Blood and Plunder. So, which is, a, you know, a, a historical um, ships and pirates and things like that. And uh, it looks like a fantastic game. Um, I know not a lot of people play it, but it sounds like he's going to be one of the. He, he wants to focus on that, and he wants to focus on the other games too, and he wants to bring War Machine back. And Excellent. so, uh, so for our community, it, it's kind of cool. Yeah, from my understanding, it's. Um, I don't think the War Machine community down there is struggling necessarily due to, like, short of events. I think it's really just there's a, there's a shortage of players because um, I know that a couple of the people. Uh, have just been really busy with work um, a lot mm-hmm. or um, kind of have moved away from the competitive scene of over the last couple of years. I know Lucas um, is not in the area. He's been really busy with work. I know Jeremy Rand is in the Albany area. He's really busy with work. Yeah. Um, Aaron, I know, is really busy with work. And uh, Tim Bear is another one. He lives in the Lebanon area, and I know that he's kind of moved away from the game because his work also, you know, mm. picks up. And so they had, they had kind of a, a passing of the old guard a little bit, and there's some newer players that are more kind of into it casually. There's a couple of guys that are coming over to War Machine from Warhammer 40K, and they kind of just play the game because it's cool. They're different cool minis. It's a different feel, yeah. but they're much more casual about it. They're not quite ready for playing in a tournament or anything like that so it's kind of this uh they're in this midpoint where they're trying to refill the ranks with newer players i think there's a a little bit of a shortage of the veteran players to be there to really push the newer players like there is in our community we have an extremely active uh competitive community and if you want to be even slightly competitive when you come to the game in our community there's a there's a plethora of people that you can turn to for advice uh, and practice and things yeah. like that. And that's one of the things that's really nice about this community is we've got a really active one. And um, there's a bunch of people with a lot of, with years of like tournament experience that can help coach people. Like Ben Ben yeah. uh, moved to the area not that long ago and like within months was already starting to get into tournaments and stuff like that and, yeah. and started to do very well. And now he's running um, events. And, he's Yeah, he's yeah. running events and he's one of the better players in the Portland metro area. And and it was, I mean, he's only been around for a couple of years, maybe two, yeah, two and a half I think years. He posted or so. a little bit ago about yeah, and trying to encourage someone else new yeah. in the Discord there, and was like, yeah, I've only been playing for like two years, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I I, I want to echo your your thoughts. I feel like we have a really good community, not just in the competitive scene, but just yeah. in general. I think we have a, a really good community, and yeah, and I, I like being a part of it. And so hopefully, um, you know, hopefully Salem, <coughs> you know, they can. You know, and uh, get new players in, and, and experience some of the same kind of you know awesomeness that we get. So, yeah. so they had they had I think ten players officially show. I think four of us were from up here, and one was from Eugene, and so I think that's six local guys. Yeah. And so that's yeah. that's um, that's a great start, I think. Yeah. So, hey, why don't we just kind of get into our main topic since since we're since we're talking <laughs> since about we're, events. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we asked Chad to come on to help us to talk about the topic 
of what it's like to run an event. Um, Chad, can you give us an insight into kind of who you are and what makes you especially equipped to have this conversation with us? <laughs> uh, so my name is Chad. I've been a part of the Portland Metro uh, War Machine community um, pretty much since it started. I started playing War Machine around 2008, uh, back in Mark One. Started with Circle. Um, buddy of mine that I went to high school with, his brother used to work at Guardian Games back at one of their first locations down in the uh, Portland area over on the west, the east side. Sorry, not the west side. Um, gave the, me a demo on Foster? Game. Uh, no, over off of, um, they were just one block off of MLK behind where the office depot oh, is yeah, their second and location. Sheridan Grocery. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, their second, yeah, sorry, their second location. Um, cause I forgot the one that they're in is their fourth. Anyways, um, gave me a demo game. I had never played any miniatures games before, but I really enjoyed it. it was, I think it was just a Signar versus Crix battle box. Uh, game, but he was playing Asphyxious 1 instead of Denny 1, and so I really fell in love with the game. I picked Circle because gi giant werewolves are cool, not knowing that it was it is one of the most difficult factions to play. Yeah. <laughs> and um, have been playing for a really long time. I used to play for a couple of years in Mark II. I was really focusing on trying to become an extremely competitive player. And started moving away from it because I didn't like the person that I was turning into, both at the table and also mm -hmm. like away from the table, beating up on myself and getting frustrated and irritated at little things. Because Circle is an incredibly difficult faction to play that almost requires a perfect game every single time you come to the table because yeah. they're so fragile and positioning is so key that if you start losing pieces, you can move them, you can lose them very quickly, and then suddenly you're too far behind to be able to get back into the game unless your opponent makes a mistake and makes themselves a little too exposed and you can pull an assassination which circle is very good at doing yeah. but a very smart player that understands how to take circle apart can very easily do it and if you're not careful you get yourself shut out of the game and, and it's a very tight rope to play and it's very stressful and so i started moving away from the competitive community um and started playing little bit more fun lists, um, focusing on more on like enjoying the game. Uh, and around the same time, started working uh, working with one of our local PGs who's not part of the community anymore, um, Josh Moore, in running events and helping Lucas Gandy down in the Salem area, like running events and stuff like that. So I kind of moved into it and then eventually took over that role because um, the space was available. Josh ended up having a lot of um, outside life things happening and kind of moved away from the community and running events and so I kind of stepped up in his place and started doing it because the community needed it there wasn't anyone else yeah. really running events in the Portland metro area and it's a lot to ask Lucas to run both the Portland scene and the Salem scene and so yeah. um, I kind of stepped into that role um, and being an experienced tournament player, like I kind of had an idea of like how to run events and stuff yeah. like that. So, when uh, when did the um, Privateer Press have the press ganger? Because um, you were a press ganger too at one point, were you? Uh, yes, for less than a year. Less than a year. Okay, less than a year. Okay. Well, how <laughs> long was that program in existence, and what was that like stepping into that role, um, and? You know, I, I want to ask about, about that. Uh, I want to say that they had the program for at least 10 years because it okay. started shortly after the company 
came to fruition because the press gangers were pretty much your bread and butter backbone uh, of growing the community. So press gangers were in a position to go to local game stores, help promote the game, mm-hmm. help teach new players, and then also help to run events and things like that. Um, I was actually running a lot of events before I even officially became a press ganger. I submitted my application um, early one of the years and didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. And I think I either got told I was denied or just didn't hear anything and assumed I got denied. And then Lucas ended up talking to um, James. I can't remember what his name is. He used to be the old quartermaster. He took over for Will Hungerford when Will moved into a different department. Um James took over and Lucas was talking to James and at uh, lock and load that summer. And he was like, look, man, I I'm struggling. Like I'm running, like I need another press ganger in the Portland Metro area because right now there isn't anyone. There's me. I'm running two communities. I can't do it. I need somebody else. And James's response was, well, we don't have any applications. And he said, yes, you do. Chad Laubacher applied to be a press ganger, like push his application through. He's been running the events when I haven't been able to do it. And so James ended up, you know, uh, looking back over it again and then approving it. And then I think it was officially a press ganger that summer. And then it was later that year at the end of the year, at the beginning of the next year is when they announced that they were dissolving the press gang. (laughs) And I was like, I was uh, I was very I was very frustrated, but at the same time, um, I understood where they were coming from. It was yeah. kind of some it was some legal pressure, not necessarily on them, but on similar situations with volunteers getting reimbursement of some sort. Um, primarily, it was volunteers at a number of comic cons were not getting basically um, equal equal compensation for mm. the amount of work and time that they were putting into it. And it became a legal action, and it happened actually with the uh, judges for Magic the Gathering, too. Okay. It became a legal action, and so a, yeah, I thought a it lot of people kind of... another game that was also kind of involved. Yeah, yeah. It, it started with Comic-Con, and then it happened to Wizards, um, and a lot of people kind of figured that that was most likely part of the reason for the move the Privateer did. Mm. Um, a lot of people were very upset by it, but Lucas and I had a discussion and we were you know both said regardless of whether we're press gangers or not we're going to keep running events because yeah. this community wants it and somebody has to do it so uh we still did it i went to my first and last uh press gang invitational pg invitational uh at lock and load that year which was not this past year but the year before okay. um that was really cool it was a uh, it was a it's the thursday before lock and load um, Privateer Press did like a small tournament, press gangers only, got access to the store early to buy stuff, and it was the year that Grimkin was getting released. Did you buy in? I did not. Oh. Because okay. I had placed a very large order with Runeborn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Preemptively. I think I did still end up picking up a couple of things, but I ended up uh, pre ordering like two of the starter boxes through Runeborn because. Uh, I wanted to support my local store, yeah. and I was going to be getting that stuff around the same time anyway. <laughs> if I would have gone to, sure, it was like a week and a half later or something like that that the boxes were like readily available in stores. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so 
that was my experience as a press ganger. Um, I mean, I still kind of consider myself part of the press gang, even though the press gang technically doesn't exist. We're still out there. There are still people. Um, yeah. Hmm. There's a lot of history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been part of this community for a decade. There's a lot yeah. of history. <laughs> so one of, one of the events that you run is like, I, I and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the largest event in our area and that's the I-5 team championship yep. event yep. and um that has only that's been in existence five years uh yes five years and how did that get started and and tell us what it's like to to run an event like that <laughs> there's a lot of history behind that too so uh originally it started this actually uh the idea of this came from right after the first year that the u.s was invited to participate in uh, the WTC, which is World Team Championship. America was not always part of it. Mm-hmm. Beforehand, oh. it was primarily a European thing. Um, America got invited. That. Yeah. yeah. Knowledge yeah. being dropped here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, America got invited. We got two teams. We sent two teams over. Uh, little known fact, Danny Modesto was actually one of the people invited to be on one of the very first America teams that got sent over there. But Danny, who plays yes. rest? Yes. Oh, way to go, Danny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so kind of a kind of a local legend there. Um, he went over. I think that was the year that we we placed in top five. I can't remember if we were. I think we were second and third, or like second and fourth, something some something similar to that. Like first year we went, we placed top five or top ten at least. Hey, um, yeah, yeah pretty that great. Was recent years, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so. Um, while that was going on, a lot of the local guys were like, hey, this is a really cool thing. We became extremely aware of it because it was not something that had really ever been talked about because it wasn't because it was primarily a European thing. So a lot of the guys were like, yeah, that'd be super cool to do. Like, I bet we could try and figure out something like that. So it started really small, um, extremely small, uh, Oregon only pretty much. And we had a, an extremely huge community at the time. And we actually kind of did it store by store almost, where it was pretty much like the Portland people versus the Salem crew, like Salem and Eugene and stuff like that. And so we had, I think we had 12 teams the first year that we did it. It was either 10 or 12 teams. And they were four-man teams because we didn't have an, we didn't quite have enough to do five. And um, I ended up playing on one of the teams we, you know, everyone picked a, a store captain, basically, and the captains picked their teams. And I ended up being on pretty much like the Portland B team, basically. Uh, and I played Chromec 1, Morvana 2, um, which is where I developed the Morvana 2 list that I had that started terrorizing the community um, in the Portland metro Hmm. War Machine crowd. Uh, a lot of people also started copying this list and playing against it. Um, it's so, one of my favorite lists. I I like that, and and I want to hear more about Morvana too. But but um, but you played in the first I five. Yep. Were you also part of organizing it? Right? No. no, no. Okay, I was not part of it. Okay, um, so who who? Stephen Stephen Kemp. Uh, known as okay. Duck was the PG for the Salem area. Okay. Um, he and Josh Moore, who was our PG up in this area, uh, started working on it and organizing it. 
Duck decided that he wanted to play, and so he he handed it over to Josh, okay, uh, who ended up finishing up organizing it. This was actually played at Borderlands Games uh, down in Salem, and then okay. the next year... Oh, they year, had the space to host that many teams. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was okay. only teams of... It was only teams of four, so a sure. little bit smaller. But still, but but still, still like, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, still around 50 players. Yeah. It, there may have been less teams. It may have been like eight or ten teams, but still. Okay. You're talking about like 40 players still. Okay. Um, so we so we did that. I played in it. The second year, Josh organized it. We actually extended the invitation to the Washington crowd because okay. we started going to some of their tournaments and things like that. So like Seattle, Tri-Cities, Tacoma, those guys, some of those people ended up coming down. Um, this year, I did not get picked to be on one of the teams. I was a little bummed out by it because I felt like I had grown a lot as a competitive player during the that time. Well, yeah, and you have a Morvana list that everyone's copying. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and so I ended up making my own team since I didn't get picked for one. So uh, okay. it was myself, JC, Abby, Eli. Um, these were actually five-man teams. And then Tom who's uh, been out of the community for a little while. He played Menoth. Okay. Uh, Menoth and Gators for a while. But uh, I think we ended up... We did okay. I think we ended up being 2-1. and one, And we played against the winning Washington team the first round and ended up barely losing that game. Um, I play... I'm pretty sure I played Kruger 2, Morvana 2 hmm. during that time. This was still in Mark 2. Um... Okay. And then, yeah, one of the Washington teams ended up taking the cup from us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we invite you and you take our tools. Build, yeah, build exactly. the rivalry, right? Exactly. So um, year three was the year that Josh had moved away from the community, and uh, he was planning on organizing it and then wasn't able to do so. And so he came to Lucas and I and okay. told us to go ahead and... So this is when you kind of step in. Yeah. yeah. This is... When? Uh, one of yeah, one of the bigger times. Okay, but I had already been running some of the like local tournaments. Sure. And stuff yeah. Like that. yeah. When does when does the I five like become big? Like hosted the convention center or this year? Ed? It was it was this it was the it was third the third year. year. So third when year, you yeah. and when Lucas and, and I took Lucas over, in. Yeah. okay, cool. We okay. were we worked closely with um, Tate down at Haven Games uh, when they were still open, and we got the. Space, space at the Oregon Convention Center. We bumped it to 16 teams um, cap. I think we had 15 teams that year and um, got all the supplies, got the boards, got the mats, got the clocks and everything that we needed, all the terrain and everything. Got, I think, more terrain that, was, that we needed from what we had readily available in the community and ran a 15-team tournament at the Oregon <laughs> Convention Center. That's amazing. And it was, you know, you're talking about uh, 90 players, 80 players. I don't remember. 15. 15, 5 would be 75. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. We accounted for 80 players is what we assumed at 16 teams, but we got 15 teams. Okay. Um, so we had 75 players. Uh, we had seven seven matches or seven sets of matches going basically because one team had a buy unfortunately yeah. Yeah. Um, this was the first year that the teams from California came up so Alex Cosma okay. uh, 
Greg uh, Giroux, if I butchered your last name, I'm sorry. Uh, and a bunch of those guys came up, and we had a return of Washington players. And this was the year that California took the cup from us. <laughs> okay. seems, seems if you're the new, so, new kids, you get the What is this? Oregon won, yeah. Washington won, yep. California won. Yep. All right, I'm keeping track. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> Um, so it was great having all those guys. They had a really good time. Uh, and then, again, creates a rivalry between the states of, okay, yeah. California guys got to have a really strong meta in the area. Those, a lot of those guys that were on that winning team um, are really high competitive level players that played nationally. Alex Cosma was, I think, a player and a coach, or at least a coach for one of the WTC teams a couple of years ago. Very skilled player, very good guy. I met him actually at the first and only War Machine weekend that I went to the year before the third I-5 okay. and told him about it. He had kind of heard about it a little bit. He was like, oh, you're, you know, you're one of the guys that's kind of like behind it. I was like, yeah, a little bit. But, you know, I my buddy Josh that I live with is the primary organizer for it. And then the next year is when Josh handed it to Lucas and I. So I immediately contacted Alex and the California crew. I was like, hey. Like, this is what's going on. These are the dates that we ended up figuring out. And he got a crew together. They brought two teams, two or three. Actually, it may have been three teams. Because I think it was one team from Northern Cal and, like, two teams from Southern California. Uh, or it may have been one of each. Um, and then they came up and took the cup. And then uh, the next year, we did it at the Oregon Convention Center again. I think we had 14 teams. There was a little bit of a, uh, of a snafu where we had two people that we thought were captains that ended up being on the same team. <laughs> so we had 14, we had 14 teams that year. Um, and no, we had 15 teams again, which is why we didn't have 16. Uh, this was the year that Calif- that Canada came down for the first time. And they had one player, Sean Hopkins from the Washington area. He's from like Northern Washington, pretty close to the border. Uh, he joined the Canadians who came down Corey Doyle was on that team along with a couple of their other guys who I had met at a couple of other tournaments and stuff. Uh, they came down and took the cup. <laughs> I was a little more bitter about that one. So there's been no repeat victory yet. Yeah. It's no. all the new okay. guys get the trophy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. And so this is the year, I think this was my, the year that I, I showed up. Yeah. I think this and, is the first year that you played. And not and only that, it was for like two months. And it was the <laughs> first tournament I've ever played in. Like, like, yeah. Hey, welcome to the yeah. t- to the. T- Ron was like, "Welcome to the game, into the frying pan." Oh, yeah. Was, oh yeah, I got I got it handed to me. <laughs> um, and then this past year was year number five. We actually moved the convention. Uh, we moved the event from the convention center to the DoubleTree Hotel uh, by Lloyd Center because uh, one of the big issues that we ran into both years at the convention center was no outside food. And this the the second year that we were there was also the same weekend of KomoriCon at the opposite end of the convention center. And so, like, none of the restaurants down by us were open, so all my guys had to walk across the convention center to the main area, to the middle area, uh, to go get food and stuff like that. And it was it was a big setback. It put a puts a big wrench in the schedule, mm-hmm. uh, waiting on people and everything. And so we decided that we wanted to move away from there. We wanted to get to somewhere where we could cater. And uh, Lucas and I had looked at a couple of different venues early in the year. Uh, Lucas got, ex- or no, 
this is like late in the year. It was like shortly after the fourth I five. We started looking around at a handful of different places, and uh, Lucas got very busy with work and everything. So I ended up organizing the majority of this past year's I five by myself, um, working with Hans and Ryan over at PGS because they were going to be um, uh, sponsoring us again this year this, for the second year, and we ended up doing it the double tree. And uh, it worked out pretty well, I feel like. Um, I think we ended up, we did end up with the 16 teams. And then we realized that we didn't have the boards that we needed, <laughs> despite the fact that I ran into a number of snags the the week of the event happening. Um, we still managed to get it all pulled off and everything because, and I, and I realized the Saturday that we were setting everything up, um, this year was actually, we spread it over two days. So let me go, let me wrap this back a little bit. Um, this year we wanted to do something bigger. We were pushing, we were opening it up to 24 teams because we had had a lot of people asking about being interested. And so we, we felt like we had enough interest that we could bump it to 24 teams, do it over the course of two days, which is why we did it at the hotel venue. Um, and then we ended up getting 16 teams a um, little less interest. There was a couple of teams that uh, weren't interested in returning, but then we also picked up some extra teams. The people from Bend actually brought two teams themselves as mm -hmm. opposed to just one, which was really cool to see. Um, and then the morning of, we realized that we didn't have enough boards because we'd only bought enough boards for 14 team matches. And so we were short about five boards. Uh, and well. Got it figured out, um, got the mats that we needed and everything, but it was it was that last minute like wrench and everything that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> I don't think you can run an, an event without having last minute wrenches. Yeah, especially that big of one. I mean, it seemed to go all right, at least from my perspective. Yeah, you know the uh, the whole duck on the water thing, right? Yeah. You may be kicking frantically, but on the surface, yeah, everything's everything's yeah. calm, <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I haven't started thinking about what all I'm going to do next year. Mm -hmm. I've got some ideas. I've had a couple of people uh, volunteer to help me organize and, and some ideas and things like that. So uh, we'll wait and see. This year's been really crazy for me personally. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of issues outside of outside of work and stuff like that. And uh, and then also just the stress of organizing and, and executing I-5 by myself. So, yeah. um, And then this year... Canada took it again. Oh. And again, by U.S. bringing four foreigners across yeah. the border. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and our, our very own uh, Aaron Allen played on that team, as well as Corey Doyle and some other very skilled players from the Canada area. Hmm. So, you know, I think the team tournament format is is the most fun. And and I think that is exciting that in up here on the West Coast that we have something like that to look forward to every year. Yeah. And so whatever you end up doing, I just want to support it and uh, and uh, definitely be participating in it. And maybe next right. year my own son will participate in with me. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. I mean, we might get enough people for uh, for a couple teams from. <laughs> yeah, from the Filthy Casuals. Yeah. <laughs> the Filthy Casuals are spreading. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's that's a great rundown. That's a great history of the of the I Fine yeah. uh, team tournament uh, champion, so, team so championship. The, 
what is it called? The I five Team Championship. I five yeah. Team Championship. Thank so you. the the name originally came from um, stores along the I five corridor because it started in Oregon. So it started with stores in the Portland area, which yeah. was um, Red Castle Games, Guardian Games, and then there was uh, what was it? Evolution Games. It was either Evolution or Castle of Games in excuse me in Eugene. And then there was Borderland Games and Haven Games was pretty new. This was actually like uh, the very first I-5 was one of the very first times that I ever met Lucas Gandy and uh, Jeremy Rand and Matt Snyder and a bunch of those guys from the Salem area. Um, Because we had gone to like a couple of tournaments there. I think maybe I had encountered them there. But the the first I-5 was one of the first years that we really got to know the Salem area and really made them a part of the Portland metro area and just exploded with players. Nice. And so that was really awesome. Lucas and I have been good friends ever since then. And uh, Lucas and Jeremy and a bunch of those guys, they're they're all great guys. I miss them. I'm sorry. I don't get to see you guys as much as I wish I could. <laughs> Unfortunately, adult life sucks. <laughs> yeah, adulting, yeah. Yeah. So um, at Spellstorm Miniatures, one, our vision here, we wanted to just inspire people to play more. And so we have two more questions for you that yeah. relate to um, new players and or getting something new started in an area. Mm-hmm. And so uh, why don't we uh, just ask you to ch- bring it down to the local level? Yeah. You know, you got, you got stores that in a random city and in a random country mm-hmm. and, and, they're, and they're running an event. But maybe a listener of mine is, or of ours is listening, and, and they have never participated in an event before. They've yeah. never done a tournament. Uh, you know, maybe they're doing Garage Machine or they're playing on the dining room table. Yeah. But they've never ventured out. What advice would you give them? What, how, how, how would you encourage them to get out and, and meet new people and, and play games uh, in, a, in a tournament? Uh, that's an excellent question. Um, I guess the like if you want to if you want to learn more about the game and grow as a player um and become better at the game eventually you're going to have to start playing against other people you can't just play with your same group of friends because you're all only as good as the strongest player in that group of friends you're only ever as strong your community is really only ever as strong as whoever your weakest weakest player is um, Mm. a lot of times and you as a player can't improve unless you start playing against people that challenge you. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that helped spark the Portland Metro areas. There started to become some people moving into the area that played War Machine from different areas or maybe came out of their garages and introduced slightly new styles, different factions, a flux of different factions, uh, strength of factions and things like that. And that forces everyone to react. You can do one of two things. You can either adapt and grow or you can not adapt and get pushed out and you know never grow as a player and um everyone brings their own style to the table eli and i are both circle players at heart we're both very skilled players we both play the faction differently we see different things that we enjoy different strategies and things that we try and aim for and so playing against each of us is a different experience even if we're playing against circle same things for kador signar uh, Trollbloods um, a lot of those people all bring all sorts of different things and everyone brings their own style to every faction that they play 
So if you want to grow as a player, eventually you're going to have to start playing against other people. If you want to do it casually, totally fine. There's no pressure. If you don't want to play in a tournament, totally fine. It's not for everybody. But if you want to play competitively and you want to learn to play on a clock, I recommend starting small with a clock at some casual games and things like that. Um, the easiest way to do it. The toughest way to do it is just go sign up and go play. <laughs> Figure it out as you go. <laughs> you learn fast, though, I guess. Uh, it does. And, um, I mean, if you want to ease into it, I recommend starting with a clock, playing. There are um, time guidelines in the Steamroller packet, even for relaxed timers. Um, and those are free downloads from PP yeah. on the website. Yeah. yeah, you can follow those guidelines. And then uh, one of the other good ways to do it, honestly, is if you want to be really quick put yourself on a turn timer of like 15 minutes and then shorten it as you get faster and faster and it teaches you to make faster decisions quicker decisions notice things better commit to plans because that's a, a big problem that a lot of people have is they get in their head and they get analysis paralysis and they sit there for 20 minutes staring at the table trying to unfold this plan yep. they start executing the plan and five minutes in they mess something up or a dice roll doesn't go their way. And then they're like, well, crap. Now I have to reanalyze this entire, and then you waste another 10 minutes trying to fix your correction and playing on a timer, getting used to playing on a clock and playing on a short timer helps you reevaluate and be like, okay, that didn't happen the way I wanted it to collect yourself, move on, do something else. Look at the table, something different. Um, a lot of times just looking at a different section of the table can help yeah. you kind of get past something. If you get really hung up on an attack roll, over here where a solo didn't clear a flag if you move to the other side of the table to do something sometimes it'll help you kind of clear your mind a little bit yeah. um so yeah if you if you want to get out of your garage you got to get out and play other players start on a clock yeah. uh, and then just find something small to play in uh if you can <coughs> if you can't find something small hop into whatever it's available um as far as like running an event um, if you're concerned about it, you can start small again. Yeah. Four-man yeah. scrambles. Yeah, that's my yeah. next question. Yeah. Is, is um, let, me, let me frame it and then, sure. and then let you kind of run. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so let's say someone who is listening to this podcast lives in an area where there aren't any events at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, and then they, they kind of have to do, like, how do you run an event is mm -hmm. sort of the first fold of that question. But the second fold is, is how do you then recruit players? Yeah. You know, I mean, you can have an event and if no one shows, you know, it's, it's a big bummer. Yeah. And so, but you, so there's sort of twofold there. Yeah. So. Uh, I, the first step, honestly, I think is uh, figure out if your players want a tournament. If you have a player base that just wants to play casually and nobody wants a tournament, then there's not really any point in taking the other steps to organize something. That's what's happening in Bend right now. They Is have, it? I yeah. think they have, uh, they have a, a, a large group of, of garage uh, machine players, mm -hmm. and um, and in fact, I think they literally play in a garage. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it like a repair garage? One of the guys owns a owns a business, and they have, and that's where they play. Yeah. Um, and they're actually hosting their first event and coming this coming February. Yeah. And so this is this is like the perfect time to talk about this topic <laughs> as it relates to our Ben players, yeah. but like, but other players around yeah. the world, you know. Sorry, keep going. I interrupted yeah. you. No, that's fine. Um, it's a, it's an interesting point because they're actually doing something ambitious, which is they're starting with a team tournament yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, as one of their first events. Uh, but find, find out if your community wants an event, if they want a tournament. If they do, cool. Find 
play space for it. If you're if you don't play at a local game store, if you play at home, figure out who's got the biggest garage or the biggest living room or the biggest you know game room basement or something like that. Figure out where their space. Talk to the people that have access to that space uh, and work something out. Organize something. The biggest issue is probably finding um, tabletops, so four by four boards, mats to go down on them, and then making sure you've got all the terrain. Yeah. Assuming you have all of that stuff, or assuming you have a store that has all of that stuff. Uh, find a space to play, talk to whoever owns it, organize a time where it's going to be beneficial, talk about pricing and prize payout and stuff like that. You can do something small where it's like $5 entry, um, maybe a couple gift cards to so like first or second place or a couple randoms or something like that. Most of the time, tournaments do 10 or $15 and then it's store credit payout to you know first, second, third, maybe a random. Uh, I encourage people to... And I wanted to start doing this um, more is encourage people who enjoy the hobby aspect of the game. Encourage the people that like to play fully painted um, by offering some sort of a reward, uh, you know, maybe a $5 gift card or something like that to best painted army or do a random to um, whoever is playing fully painted that day. Because that's the that's the big divide in the community more than just about anything else is you have the people who are hobbyists who play the game and then you have people who play the game who sometimes hobby there's a big difference a big divide between those two people and you want to bring both of them together in order to have a strong community i think you guys talked about that some in your community building yeah, yeah. episode a little bit episode five with yeah. jason <laughs> um so you know, once you know once, this, this, yeah. this this is a good topic to talk about because uh, Dan and I want to run the King of Coins event yep. um, next quarter, and so these are some of the the questions that we've been asking ourselves. You know, because uh, we want to support the community, and yep. you know, and we want to kind of you know sponsor that event because we're going to be we're going to be providing the the coins for that event, and um, and so this is this is a really good um, a good line of line of thinking. You want to exactly. add to that, Dan? Um, no, yeah, exactly. It's been a lot of that toil of, okay, the prize support, because you want to make it fun, you know? Yeah. And like you said, this is kind of going to be a little bit different, whereas, you know, you can't almost kind of casually get into it, and that's, you know, one of the things, like you said, it's it's some, sometimes hard. Um, I know when I started, at least, to go and go like, okay, hey, this is a new game. I'm going to chunk out eight hours of my, you know, Saturday or my Sunday or yeah. more and go play this, um, yeah. especially that's, if you have a family or something. Yeah, that's also something really important to let people know in the community is that playing competitively and playing in a lot of tournaments is a time commitment, and you need to be ready and willing to make that commitment. Right. If you aren't, totally fine. To understand. Like I said, yeah. tournament play is not for everybody. If you just want to throw dice for like one game, one afternoon, one Saturday or something like that, totally fine understandable it is a big time commitment and not everyone can do it yeah indeed exactly and that's that's why i like the setup um you know the like the masters coming up and then you ran um it was champions right last year yeah that was another thing that was uh surprisingly <laughs> successful that we it was started as like a fun idea and then right. people were like this is awesome um and we've just done we've done pretty much one every year at least i think yeah. In, in the same format with the pods and stuff? Yeah. Nice. We've yeah. done, I think the original time we did it, we did it off of, it was the Iron Gauntlet. And so you could actually play based off of the original Iron Gauntlet rules, which was you could have lists from multiple factions. 
Nice. Oh, it's yeah. interesting. So oh. you could have like a scorn list and a signar list or something. No, well, I wouldn't, of, but yeah, you know. that's, that's a lot. <laughs> you could have of a scorn chicken. and a Kador list. Yeah, or cephalix and pigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, that's very competitive. Cephalics and pigs, right? There you go. <laughs> um, well, you know, Arcadia. I mean, if you're, then, that'd be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> if you're Arcadia if you're Adam Spaces. Bernstein, yeah. if you're Adam Bernstein, that's yeah, a yeah. regular Saturday, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like I said, something like that's a great way you can just schedule out a game and you know you play it. Yeah, not too huge, and it's a great way to kind of get to know other people outside of that. You know, hey, I'm just gonna go and they all seven of these guys all know each other, and I'm just yeah. kind of the new guy. A little bit easier for that. Um, that's why the King of Coins, again, was kind of bringing to that one, was a little bit more casual, too, in the fact that the way it's going to be ran a little bit is you could be playing your buddy on that fun game whenever, and you throw down that challenge, try to yeah. get that coin, you know, or you could be in a tournament, you see the guy across the table, well, you're playing a game already anyway, so why not? <laughs> Let's raise the stakes. Exactly. Make yeah. it a little more interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's what I had to add. No, you, you said something interesting, and I want to maybe close with this thought, and then... And then we'll wrap up our episode for the day. But, but you said something about you know making friends. You know, I was talking with Alex at the uh, at the next level gaming tournament a couple of days ago, and and he was saying he just kind of made a comment. He was like, "I met all my friends at War Machine, and like that's all <laughs> yeah. my friends now." Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I've got friends from high school that I still hang out with from time to time. Yeah. But a large number of the people that I still see on a regular basis, talk to on a regular basis, and hang out with at the game store are people that I met in the War Machine community. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've been to yeah. Canada. I've been to War Machine Weekend. I've been to Las Vegas Open. And I've been to That's a bucket list Lock and Load. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've met tons of different people from all over the place. And, yeah. um, you know, it's been great. It's a great experience. It's It's one reason why... It's one of the main reasons why I'm still part of this community is all of yeah. the friendships that I've made yeah. um, around this game. That's great. I would broaden it just a little bit um, and just to say that most all my friends are, are gamers in some in some fashion. Yeah. Not everyone plays War Machine, but uh, but most all my friends are gamers. Yeah. So. Well, uh, why don't we uh, call it a day, I guess, for for this section for yeah. this topic and and chances are, Chad, I'd love to have you on in the future to talk about it some more, maybe. Maybe when we get some details on yeah. the next i five and and have you come on it and, and plug the event and <laughs> right. you know because um, we, we, we yeah. want to support what's going on in the community yeah. that's that's the point of the podcast. So um, speaking yeah. of what's going on in the community, on uh, January sixth, Rune and Board is hosting Scramblers, and yep. you mentioned that briefly. Yes. Uh, one more time, can you tell us what a Scrambler is? Uh, so Scramble is actually a really simple concept. It's a four man tournament, um, single list, single scenario, uh, best of obviously one matchup so uh it's a mini tournament that's meant to be played very fast um we did this as a way to get like a lot of competitive games in um on a small scale so usually we were doing it at a game store five dollar buy-in winner takes all you're basically playing two games you win the first game you go into the second one if you lose the first game you could play the second one if you wanted to or you could go off and do something else like another scrambler yeah exactly <laughs> so that and that's what we're going to be doing uh or what we yeah what we're doing at um Rune and board which is where i work um out in downtown hillsborough it's mm-hmm. a game store we're expanding into the space next door uh we're going to be doing scrambles on uh on the sixth which might not make it out in time for. <laughs> That's right. I think this episode is going to drop the day after, but we still want to talk about it because right. it's a fun yeah. format. 
and I think Oz and I are going to go plan on at least one scrambler, and we'll yeah. see how we do, and maybe stick around for a second. All right, I'm going to try. Nice, hit. cool. Yeah, it's a good it's a good way to try and get a competitive game in. And you yeah. you mentioned briefly, and I didn't think about it before, but actually, um, organizing and doing the Masters leagues is actually another really good way to kind of get a tournament feel at a more casual pace. That might be yeah. a good starting point if you can organize it. Um, get players signed up, put them into brackets. We usually try and do it based off of skill level or experience. If you've got a really even pool of players, do it randomly. Um, everyone has assigned players each ra- each week. Everyone has an assigned. Everyone plays the same scenario, just like in a tournament. Except um, you've got a week to meet up with your partner, play your game, and then report it. Yeah. Uh, you can play games out of order, uh, and then eventually it also has another cool dynamic of okay. Uh, I'm up on this much in scenarios uh, or I'm winning on, you know, I've won this many games and we've always done like winner, whoever has the best record in the pod after everyone's played each other um, makes it to the winner's bracket and then they do another tournament on another day. Uh, and then if you've got enough players, you do wild cards in there. Yeah. I like that. Uh, that's a, that's great. And we have that in writing on the COG Collective. Yep. Uh, website you can go to the events page and uh, you can find the information on you know yeah. and speaking of our our masters begins on what date dan the 14th yep. so you still have a couple days if you're listening to this that's right sign yeah. up. <laughs> i'm gonna be in there nice dan you I'm, participating I'm super yes excited. i'm signed up i don't see my name on the list yet but i'm signed up on the forms at least so yeah very good, very should good. be in there yeah uh yeah uh ozzy and i are him and han probably gonna him or ha Whichever one means you play, I think I, probably. You, I think we should <laughs> commit. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I think I, like, I think we should commit. Just like um, you should commit to something else, Jeremiah. I like my scorner <laughs> like that I was trying to build. Like your score. I so <laughs> slow. Hey, I built a cannoneer and a sentry on Thursday. Awesome. So I'm happy. It's a good start. So I'm I'm, I'm need, slowly getting there. You need some troops. <laughs> <laughs> um, our the next event on our list is a king of coins. Uh, we uh, Dan talked about that earlier. Uh, we don't have a date set yet for that, um, but we're working on it, and uh, we're looking forward to doing that. And then the last event that we want to want to plug is the three man team tournament in Bend, and that's going to be February 9th. And so we want to encourage everyone um, along the I five to make it over the mountain, and uh, and go support the Bend guys. Yep. Oh, very good. So uh, one more thing, I guess. Uh, the question is, what are you working on? Um, we introduced a, uh, a new segment. It's called Finish a Figure. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, wanted to know what your figure is and if you finished it. And, and if not, is it going to be your figure for next time? So, uh, Dan, what are you working on? Uh, well, personally, I failed. Um, I haven't picked up a paintbrush <laughs> in like three weeks now. Um, it just, it, it's I feel hard. you there, man. Right, yeah. Especially you got Christmas going on. You've got the holidays. You got family. You know, I got the kids. And now, you know, school's out. You got so much going on, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of rough there. But my my goal is, you know, next couple of weeks, I'm going to get something. Because, again, that Masters is coming up. I want to be yeah. assembled, painted. Well, I'm not going to be. I know I'm not going to be all painted, but <laughs> majority of it painted, painted. Yeah, you know, um, at least get some assembly done. Um, so probably my my brigands. I got to get. Kind of want to get them done. They seem like they'll be easy enough to paint up. Little unit. So you, okay. you think that until I, you start working on a pig model. Yeah, yeah true. 
yeah, I can speak from, from my experience. Yeah. All right, let's just go tabletop quality so it doesn't have to be perfect on it. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's still more to it than yeah. you think. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 last, uh, my last finished figure model was I wanted to do the gun bore, and, uh, and I did not finish, and so I'm going to keep it as my next painting model. And the reason why I'm not painting Scorn is because I have none of it, um, <laughs> none of it primed. And so, um, so I'm only painting things that are currently primed, which happens to be a bunch of pig stuff. Yeah. Which can count as scorn. Yeah. So yeah, it ta- just get a taskmaster, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And I'm gonna get you a posse and uh, you right. know <laughs> and a pot and you'll be <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Chad, what's on your desk? I want you to, we'll wrap up with that. What's on your desk? Too much. Too much. <laughs> I have too much stuff on my desk right now. I've got uh, currently I've got some forty K models. Uh, and some <gasps> I know, blasphemy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some War Machine models that need to get repaired. I need to re-glue Grail to his base. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, he popped off. Uh, I'm going to have to run a pin through his foot and into the base, and then i got to put Loki's hook back on. Um, but I'm planning on playing that Grail list for the Masters League, and I'm excited to nice. get some more experience with it. It's a really fun list. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I think it catches some people off guard. Nice. But I'm excited for that. And... Uh, Eventually, I'll get. I want to get Grail painted up. Most of my circle is actually painted, and so um, I want to. F- I sh- should finish it off, but it also my blood trackers need to be redone. <laughs> <laughs> they're beat That's up. Fair. They're very beat up. Uh, yeah, and their their color scheme doesn't match with okay. the rest of my army. Yeah, so I need to fix it. it bothers me. Yeah, <laughs> and this is where Scott will. Would say something about having a, a gloss yeah. finish or a, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, or matte finish. Uh, yeah, you know, protect your model once you yeah. get it painted. So. Well, very good. Uh, I, for one, um, I'm thankful for the conversation we had today. Um, we learned a lot about our area yeah. and the history of, of, oh, man, of could, events in our area. I could area. talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate about that. Anything. And I hope that I hope that our listeners, if you're if you're someone who has never played in a tournament, I want to invite you to get out. Uh, find a tournament and and participate and just and just do it. You know, you may you may surprise yourself and you may have more fun than you think. And then um, and then if you're living in an area where there aren't a lot of events happening, um, I want to encourage you to maybe step up and take some leadership in that area, and uh, and see about uh, see about connecting with some other folks who play in your area to you know to play. Any final thoughts? No, thank you and appreciate it. Very good. This is Spellstorm Miniatures, and our goal is just to inspire you to play more. Thanks.